0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Okay, I will also try to keep it shorter today for both of our sakes.
1: Yeah, I'll try to do the same. Honestly, I'm more guilty than you are. You're usually pretty concise. so That's true. All right, stop clicking like a fucking maniac. <laughs> okay. Wait, can you hear the mouse? Or is it yes, I monster? can literally hear it.
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Wait, can you hear this? Yes. <laughs> really? God damn
1: it. Okay. A little bit, yeah.
0: Oh, a little bit. Immediately
1: I mean, it's now. not as loud as the incessant clicking.
0: Yeah, that's because the mouse is literally right next to the mic, but, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah so no. you didn't you didn't think there was any chance that that was going to pick up then?
0: I didn't really think about it at all, to be honest.
1: Okay, all right. All right, I'm going to bring you this in. Three, two... dot mail. Welcome in to Nick's presented by Ticket IQ. We're still working with Ticket IQ. Uh, Heads, Ticket IQ, get some tickets to a Knicks game, maybe. And if you use the code Strickland, you can get five dollars off your order of hundred dollars or more. I think that was the amount. Zach, did I get that right?
0: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? You should see my face right now.
1: <laughs> I think that's even, I don't know, go there and get some tickets because their prices are the best anyway and use code Strickland. Let us know uh, how much you get off your order. I forget how much it is. <laughs> send, I, think it's, I think it's $5. Us,
0: send us an email so we know our own deal.
1: Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Ticket IQ, promo code Strickland. Uh, <laughs> I'm Alex Wolf. I'm uh, editor-in-chief of this little site, The Strickland, also host Locked On Knicks. Joined by only one co-host again today. Zach, I feel like this is becoming more of an occurrence. You know, I feel like we're getting phased out by a certain somebody. But I'm joined by Zachary Wackery Delizio, uh, at ZJ ZJDelizio on Twitter. Zach, how are you today? You being uh, the only person that wanted to spend time with me today. I'm,
0: I'm good, Alex. I'm over here enjoying the fact that we can have a one-on-one conversation. Uh, again, you know, it does feel like this is the norm now. And, you know, I'm not too mad. I, I like the opportunity to talk more. And to have more attention on myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I could tell. I know you, you definitely uh, you, you exude that. Um, yeah. So, no, no, Matt, no, Matt Weist. I'm not even going to say the proper pronunciation of his name today because he is dead to me. So, <laughs> no, no Wiest today. Uh, no warm perm. He is uh, off working allegedly at yeah. his allegedly, you know, well paying job or whatever. Yeah. Instead of spending time recording a podcast, basically. He's getting a
0: perm is the reality, but we can't prove it.
1: He's getting a warm perm. Yeah. His yeah. Uh, his hair was not, you know, curly wavy enough, so he's getting it even curly wavier. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, this is Nick's Mail.Bag, and we will be answering all your questions. I'm just going to give the quick Patreon pitch here. We are on Patreon. The Strickland is. Patreon.com slash The Strickland. If you love this podcast and you want to support other podcasts of ours like this, you can go on there. And if you've been on our feed and you've been wondering, like, hey, why is Pod Strickland on Friday always 30 minutes? And uh, why is the other that Mail.Bag always around 30 minutes and all that good stuff? That's because they are exclusive to Patreon. So if you join our Patreon for $6, you get to listen to those two pods in full. You get to uh, join the Strickland Discord, which is quickly becoming the most... Amazing Knicks community on the internet, um, as well as a big source for our mailbag questions today. And uh, you also get a, a couple other, you know, benefits like being on on our website's thank you page, stuff like that. If you join the nine dollar tier, you get another podcast called Strick and Roll by Schwinn, where Schwinn talks with one or multiple guests about the Knicks and sometimes other stuff too. And you also get exclusive written content from Matthew Miranda and Jack Huntley. For that $9 tier, as well as for me this week, I'm subbing in for Miranda this week. I'm, I'm writing a uh, mock trade mailbag, which if you're listening to this episode, you could probably read already. It's probably already published. Big day today for the Strickland, obviously being the trade deadline. And there's a bunch of other tiers too. We get all kinds of other perks, like listening into a recording of the Strickland, like getting to host an episode of Pod Strickland potentially, um, as well as some merch discounts and stuff like that. So definitely check out the Patreon, slash the Strickland. And Zach, without any further ado, let's get into some questions here.
2: You've got mail.
1: Uh, Two very pertinent ones to lead (laughs) us off here. Uh, First question comes from Zan Rosen, at Zan Rosen. Uh, Why does at Whampiram hate you guys and ditch this pod? That's, of course, uh, Matt Weiss.
2: You've got mail.
1: And then uh, Schwinnipoo from the Discord says, why does Marty suck? And Marty, Mm -hmm. that's another thing that we call Matt when we want to disrespect him. We call him Marty. (laughs) pretend we don't even know his name uh so yeah zach why does marty suck Uh, you know
0: how much time do i have
1: um as much as you want quite frankly uh but we don't want to eat too much into the other important questions not alex let me tell you something
0: about what it's like to be a working adult and still come to this podcast you know when i get off of work i'm tired i have things that i have to do my cat's annoyed that his litter box has not been cleaned today you know, and, and he meows at me for the food and he wants me to clean his shit. And I can't do it because I'm here standing up for a commitment that I made. And meanwhile, meanwhile, Mr. Weiss, Mr. Weese over here decides that we, we, and by extension, all of the listeners and this website are the lowest possible priority and goes to some work meeting with a partner. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, I think I've said enough. I think so too. I think you've spoken well enough for both of us here. Quite wow, frankly, Marty. Now out of
0: that one, and, and <laughs> <laughs> now, now all the evidence is on me. That was very well done. Very political of you.
1: Yes. Yep. Quite fran No, I was going to say, quite frankly, Marty, do better. Be more Ooh. of a Zach. Ooh. You know, yeah.
0: it's disappointment, not anger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're just disappointed in you, Marty. You know, if you if you even listen to this. He probably won't. He doesn't. So this no. is all worthless. He actually said he only listens when he's on. <laughs> wait,
0: listen, wait, do you listen to your own podcast?
1: I occasionally listen to episodes of Locked On Knicks every once in a while just to check right. on myself and make sure I don't sound like an idiot.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: like I try to get in I, it's mostly cuz I try to get things in check like saying um too many times and stuff like that. Gotcha. So sometimes yeah, hearing I, it I can't do it, man. You know,
0: I can't I hate my voice. Do you hate your own voice?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. I've kind of gotten used to it at this point, though. When you have to edit your own oh, voice man. as many times as I have, That's you kind brutal. of just get used to it. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I you know, I try, to, I try to sort of just listen just so I can better myself. But, I mean, I've been very open on here and on lockdown. Like, I actually don't listen to that many podcasts. Like, I, I used to listen to more when I was commuting to the city all the time. Right. Uh, but since I've been, like, work-from-home life for the last, like, two and a half years, like, I don't really listen yeah. to that many podcasts so tis what it is mostly it, it this probably does sound narcissistic most time if I do listen to one it is to listen to myself to make sure I don't sound like a dumbass
0: <laughs> your most played so, podcast is yourself
1: <laughs> yeah yeah because because I'm like trying to make sure I don't sound like a dummy well,
0: I, res- so, I respect that
1: yeah uh, and then here I am still sounding like a dummy so what good was it it's a great point I was thinking it but didn't want to say it but yeah well know. Luckily, I'm self-deprecating enough to acknowledge that. That's a good point.
2: You've got mail. All
1: right, we got uh, our next question here. Uh, another one from Zan Rosen, but this these come from the Discord. Uh, Zan first asks, who is the most likely member of the front office to have an affair with the newly hired Gerson Rosas? <laughs> uh, backstory here, Gerson Rosas just hi- got hired by the Knicks. One might assume this probably means that like Scott Perry's time with the team is maybe numbered or something. Because it would seem like Rosas would probably fill that uh, that GM spot below Leon Rose on the pyramid there. Uh, can't say for certain yet, but we'll see. But the whole story is that Rosas was uh, fired from Minnesota in part, at least apparently in part, for getting caught in the office uh, boning his secretary. Um, was that literally his secretary? Or someone within the or was it? Okay. Was it his secretary? I knew oh, I just I, know I he was boning. He, was, he was, was boning someone in the organization. That's all I know. Right. So I thought it was a secretary or something. Maybe it was someone different. But at any rate, he had. He did have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> um. So Zach, who do you think he's gonna bang on the Knicks?
0: I mean, how do we have any female members in the front office? I'm sure we do, but I, I don't know who they are. So. I, mean,
1: I can't you know, think of any right? either, to be completely honest. Um how do you think we know, we awesome know Rebecca Harlow's right off limits now. You know? Right.
0: Well, well, you say that, but
1: you never I know. Mean, I, I guess. But I mean you Wally think Wally's
0: sweating it out.
1: I mean that yeah, I mean they're you know, they're having their first kid together, so I guess we'll see how that works out. <laughs> Listen, some people some people are into that. I'm just saying. <laughs> into into what?
0: Go pregnant women. Uh, if oh. I need to be, if I need to be more explicit, which thank you for that. Um, <laughs> you never know. You know, Gerson comes in here like, man, you know what? Turns out that's my thing. And uh, Wally, I don't care about him.
1: I think that I think Rebecca has already popped, or has to be very close. Like,
0: oh, well. I mean, she
1: she left for maternity leave now, so.
0: I don't know what that means, honestly. I'm not sure if that means it's imminent or it could be in three months. I have no fucking clue.
1: It means it's imminent. I mean, have you seen her on TV recently? Like, she is very, very pregnant at this point. I have
0: not paid any attention to this.
1: Okay. If that is Uh, not clear
0: already, I want to make that explicit.
1: Okay. Well, good for you, buddy. Anyway, as far as who Gerson is going to have an illicit affair with, I don't know. But I really hope it doesn't happen, to be completely honest. Because that's going to... Even if it's uh, literally as... You know, uh, uh, just like similar to the the Wally and Rebecca thing where it's like, hey, those are just two consenting adults that, you know, had a fun time and she's pregnant now. That's a great point, though. What actually is the difference between those two things? Uh, Is that if it if it comes out that that Rosas is doing something as the GM of the Knicks, it's going to come out to be like, he's unprofessional.
0: No, no, I know that. But if you look at what happened to him when he was in that role in Minnesota. Okay, he slept with someone consensually who worked in the organization. That is literally exactly what happened with Rebecca and Wally, right? I Actually,
1: guess the difference being that Gerson got caught. Well, in he his got caught. And that's
0: it, which is stupid. So, it, you know, But
1: in his office, like in the T Wolves office. Listen, all I'm
0: though. saying is that if you were the GM and you had your own office, you had the opportunity to bang someone in there.
1: Yeah, I know. mean, who among us would not, quite frankly? Exactly. Yeah, who are we to judge? This has been right. a great lesson in. in uh, you know the, the the trappings of you know how sexuality is viewed in this country
0: mm-hmm. i think great point
1: yeah yeah we're totally okay with violence but not okay with a couple people right. you know, boning it out <laughs> very important lesson here anyway all right <laughs> thank you for that unintentionally deep question zan um you've got mail zan gives us a second question though do you think a lot of our problems with tibbs could be fixed by hiring an offensive coordinator. Zach, you're more of an X's and O's, man. What do you think about uh,
0: this? I don't know because I, I don't I don't know if Tibbs is the type to even necessarily, like, listen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know this, but you have to imagine that, that, that other members of the coaching staff are saying the same things that we are, right? And it's – I mean, I have to imagine that. We're not – fucking geniuses over here. There's nothing we have that they don't. Right. So someone has to be saying this and he's just ignoring it. So I don't see why that would be any different.
1: Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say like, Oh, isn't that what Johnny Bryant is supposed to be? Right. Like, but right. I, I think the thing with this coaching staff, it's always been sort of weird. Cause it was like in a, a big arranged marriage, basically like Tibbs was able to bring in some of his own guys. So, like, he was able to bring in, uh, like, Andy Greer. Dice Yoshimoto is one of his. Um, uh, some of the other names of the guys that are escaping me. Um, but, you know, there's a number of guys a little bit lower on the rungs in the staff that, that Tibbs himself brought in. But then Mike Woodson last year is one of his lead assistants. Johnny Bryant, who does have, like, the title of lead assistant. And Kenny Payne uh, were all brought in just as guys that, like, Leon Rose interviewed separately and said, I want these guys to be on this team. Um, and Tibbs, like you have to take this job on the condition that these guys are going to be on your staff. Um, so I've always kind of wondered about what the power dynamic is like there, like how much Tibbs really listens to like, if Johnny Bryant comes up with him, uh, comes up to him and says like, Hey coach, like, you know, the, it, I think that we need to try this, that and the other on offense. You know, I think it's going to really open things up for Julius or for RJ or whoever I I've often wondered how much Tibbs actually listens to that sort of stuff from the guys that aren't his guys, and how much it's kind of just been more like Johnny Bryant and Kenny Payne have kind of done what they've always done, which has been like more like player development coaches, and so they're sort of in charge of that facet. Whereas Tibbs sort of has autonomy over the offense and the defense, for better or worse. So I I don't know for sure. Um, it would I think like what you said it would it would just take. You would have to know what the power structure is like there and whether Tibbs is willing to listen to someone. Right. I think it's the biggest question there. So,
0: yep. exactly.
1: I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think to this point, I would be inclined to say no. Getting an offense coordinator would, would not be a difference maker because Tibbs probably wouldn't listen to the person. But what do you think? No, I yeah, I, I agree completely. Okay. All right. Well, good. This is where we're agreeing a lot today. See, this was like your version of of me just saying, you got it about Marty earlier.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you nailed it. What can I do?
1: <laughs> well, I got to do a some sort of cartoon impersonation today.
0: You have two, two voices already today. We're headed for a nice
1: record. Wait, what did? It, what was my first voice I did? Bill well, Clinton. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. I already wow. forgot that. That You're was a whole the like...
0: Russians. Yeah, this isn't yeah. embarrassing. This is fun
1: yeah yeah well we'll have to do rick and morty you'll have to play morty this time that'll be really oh, no i
0: can't do that <laughs> come,
1: come on up. give me your best oh jeez, rick real quick come on
0: no <laughs> absolutely not i humiliate myself enough on this podcast There's no i'm just imagining
2: it's gonna be like, oh jeez, rick <laughs> <laughs> nope. nope you're getting
1: shit out of me buddy
2: you've got mail all
1: right move to our next question from uh, Zach Picorni, uh who on our Discord is ZMP323. I think he's also ZMP323 on Twitter. Uh, why do you think Bobby Marks and ESPN are obsessed with the idea of a Westbrook to New York trade? Zach, I think there's a one-word answer for this, but I'll let you answer first.
0: Ooh, I'm curious what the one word is because I, I think there's only one answer, but I'm, I can't get it in one word. I think it's obvious, though, right? Like, if... If the Knicks trade for Westbrook, that's the only thing that can be worse than what Bobby Marks actually did. So, you know, cover it up.
1: That's actually a really good answer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you props because that that's I think a little better than what I was gonna say. All I was gonna say is just clicks.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that also works. It's it's probably both of those things.
1: Yeah, it's a combination of ESPN as a whole just saying, like, let's say something stupid about the Knicks and get right. all the get all the Knicks fans all yeah. frothed up in a furor again.
0: That tracks for ESPN specifically. For Bobby, yeah. well, Bobby has been, like, going on about this on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. like, he has a personal investment in making this happen.
1: Well, he also has no. – I mean, look, there's no way of proving it, but he has some sort of personal vendetta against the Knicks too. Like he is the one guy, like certain guys, you could just say like, like Woj is sometimes a little chilly towards the Knicks. Uh, I think mostly just because they don't give him a ton of access and access journalism is what runs the NBA, Um, or at least runs NBA journalism, I should say. And then like, you know, there's some other guys that are a little, a little chilly on the Knicks when they talk about Bill Simmons, obviously, but he's just a Boston guy. Like, um, but like Bobby Marks literally like goes out of his way to like shit on the Knicks. Like anytime he writes an article or anything else, I think he does those front office power rankings. And like, despite the fact that the Knicks now under Rose for like the last like two, three years have had sustained competency, he still put, always puts the Knicks at like number 28 out of 30. And is like, well, cause like they haven't won like a championship yet. So they fucking suck. And yeah, Bobby March just sucks. He's just he's he's got an agenda. Like it's very the
0: worst trade in modern history. So he gets that. And, yeah, and he
1: was he was part that. of the trade that sent all the draft picks to Boston for washed ass, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and what Jason <clears throat> Terry or whatever. Like, yeah, he's he eternally sucks ass. So yeah,
0: nothing needs nothing further needs to be said. That's it.
1: <clears throat> yeah, pretty much.
2: You've got mail.
1: Uh, And actually, speaking of the Nets, uh, ZMP323 got another question for us. How great is it to watch the Nets' quote-unquote culture implode? Oh,
0: that good.
1: Was that you just like busting a a fat one? Listen,
0: I I was not specifying. I was just making an ambiguous sound. So I just want to point out that you're the one who went there. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll save that for the After Dark segment. That's right. That's right. Uh, it's fucking great, Alex. What do you think? Uh, I think it's fucking great too. I mean, it's it's like one what, of the best things that's ever they happened to me. game losing streak right now. Yeah, yeah, they're falling apart, oh. man. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's unreal. Like the the fact that they gave up like the entire fucking farm for Harden last year. Yes, yes. And, and shipped out like all. What's what the really funny part of all of it, from like a Knicks oh. fan perspective, is like Nets fans were always. So Super, super annoying about like Jared Allen, Karis Levert, like you know all like the young pieces on their team or whatever, like Spencer Dinwiddie, like all this shit. They now they shipped all of those guys out of town,
0: all of them,
1: to get James Harden, <laughs> including a shit ton of draft picks and swaps too. And now Harden, like less than a year later, is oh like, eh, fuck well, you guys, I want out of here.
2: And
0: and the best part is that they got. Harden to pair with Kyrie in part of the thought, and I know this is their thought because they, I don't know if they've said this outright, but like you said before, there are, there's, there's access journalism. You know, there are some guys who are hearing this directly from the front office, and Zach Lowe has been repeating this from the second it happened. They wanted to have a third guy in case someone got hurt. KD got hurt, and they watched fucking eight in a row.
2: It's yeah. so good.
0: It's so fucking good. It completely backfired. I hope to God this does not come back to bite me in the ass in like four months, but it's looking good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It is. It's it's looking real good. And the only unfortunate thing with this, and I guess we'll see how this plays out when people are listening to this on the trade deadline today. Uh, but the only thing that's unfortunate is that like if the trade happens with Harden to the Sixers, like. They're definitely – they're at least getting Ben Simmons back, who is actually quite a good NBA player uh, despite all of his limitations and will probably fit really well. He's
0: a great fit with them.
1: Yeah, like because Kyrie and KD and, like, the whole rest of their roster basically can shoot.
0: Yeah, but Uh, then look at Philly.
1: Yeah, Philly's going to be nasty too. Yeah, it'll make for a really interesting 4-5 matchup. (laughs)
0: Yes, it will. And they still (laughs) lose, by the way, if that happens because they still – still gave up everything they did for this. So it's a win-win. As yeah. long as they don't win the championship, everything is fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, cuz quite frankly if they don't, I mean, Katie's oh, going to be Katie's going to be asking out in like a year or two. Oh yeah. And like, Harden might just leave. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that, I mean, Katie, so, Katie's is yeah. like, well, I'm talking even if they make the trade. You know, if they don't win a championship in the oh, next year, oh, yeah. Katie might be like, "Eh, this isn't working." Peace. Yeah. Like, see ya. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, it's it's been very fun watching their culture completely uh, self-destruct. So, Zach, I got to real quick just let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by DraftKings. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. If, sp- if the Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top, fri- top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 and free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and older minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for full list of requirements and state specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee, call or text in TN Redline 1-800-889- 9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call eight seven seven eight hope ny or text HOPE-NY to 467369. All right. How was, how was my disclaimer game? Was that pretty That's good? Work.
0: I'm looking forward to when you get that. You, you know the podcasts that have it down pat. They just burn through it. You're going to get there one day and I'm excited to see it.
1: I'm pretty much there, man. I read reads on Locked On Knicks all the time. That was Come close, on.
0: but you got to get your cadence right with this specific ad. All right,
1: close.
0: You're getting I, there, but I thought it was pretty good. No, Whatever.
1: That was my first read. All right, I keep know. Keep
0: that's. I'm here to fucking help you out, bro. All <laughs> right. just, this was a compliment. I said okay. I look forward to getting to seeing you get better, Alex.
1: Okay. All right. All right. I that's I right. retract my snark. Thank you for yes. your yes. That's yes. Thank you for really? your genuine concern, Wackery. I appreciate it. All right. That's right.
2: <laughs> You've got mail. We're going to move
1: to our next question here. This comes from, from the Discord. Ugg Life asks us, if you were in charge of the Knicks, what would you do? And why would that make the Knicks be way worse off? <laughs> well, this is actually pretty pertinent because it's the, it's the trade deadline. So what would you do if, if you were the Knicks today?
0: Why don't you go first? I'm curious your take on this because this it's it's an open-ended question and I think uh, that's on purpose. And I'm curious what you're going to say here.
1: So my my one thing that I have become very, um, I think, finally sold on, I've been sort of, and I think we're going to address this in a little bit too, but uh, I wouldn't do this right away, but I would definitely do it in the off season. I think I'm done with Tibbs at this point. Uh, I would fire him. Because I just think this year has been a total disaster. I mean, as great as last year was, and I'm not ever going to deny that last year was like one of the most fun sports seasons in my entire life uh, as a guy who likes all shitty teams. Um, you know, he, he really did something last year. He got buy-in. He, he, you know, installed a re- uh, defense that worked really well with the personnel, you know, and he made the Knicks fun again. And it certainly helped that Julius Randall was as good as he was, but, this year, I just feel like he doesn't have buy-in from the players, which was so tantamount to the success last year. His stubbornness is showing through even worse this year in like his rotations, the fact that he does his like hockey line shifts and everything. I just don't, I don't, I don't love how he's doing things anymore. But again, we have some questions coming up that get a little further into it. So I won't go too deep on the Tibbs stuff, but like I would fire Tibbs this offseason. As far as the trade deadline, I would try to move Alec Burks, even if it's just for like two second round picks or something like that, uh, or like two second round picks and a flyer, you know, something along those lines. I would do that because I just think you spent a first round pick on Cam Reddish. And so why would you, even if it's a heavily protected one, so why would you not want to give him some minutes and see how things go the rest of the year? I also think that the Knicks should be operating from the standpoint of saying, maybe we're not full on tanking, but we're going to acknowledge the fact that we're seven games under 500 with one of the toughest schedules in the NBA remaining and certainly not make any moves that make it seem like we're going for it in any sort of way. So, I would say that starts with trading Burks who I think is more of a luxury than a necessity and certainly not someone that, you know, you're developing or anything. Uh, I would offload Fournier if you could, but I wouldn't pay to do so at this moment because I just don't think now's the right time to do that unless you think you have a free agent you're going to need 18 million for this coming offseason. Uh, I would offload Kemba in some way. Probably will not end up being via a buyout, though I would prefer if they couldn't trade him to buy him out. But that is one guy that I would potentially maybe attach like a second round pick to and ship out of town uh, if some team was willing to to take him in. And then I would listen to offers on Randall. I, uh, if you asked me like two weeks ago, I would have been like, yes, trade Randall, do it for whatever. But now he is playing better. I wonder if maybe with a different coach, I think there's more tension between him and Tibbs than we realize. So maybe under a different coach, like next year, he'll be better and be more like his, his self from last year. And also without Kemba and without some of the annoyances on the team. So I would, I would look for the market for him, but I wouldn't be rushing to make a deal to sell him, send him out for like 25 cents on the dollar or something. Um, I would look for an actually good deal for him, but yeah, I think, I guess that's pretty much it, you know? And then, I, I would definitely prioritize getting Jalen Brunson, uh, be it at the trade deadline or in free agency, or via sign and trade uh, this coming summer. Um, oh, and I guess last thing I would, I would probably try to canvass the market for Nerlens Noel and or Taj Gibson because apparently the center market is thin but very much in demand this year. Like every team oh, wants to really? so. Yeah, yeah. There's been a couple yeah, reports. Get
0: Nerlens the fuck out of here. Yeah. Sorry, Merlin's. Yeah, he seems like a very nice guy, but get him the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, that's basically my plan. So, I'll throw it to you now, Zach. What are you thinking?
0: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with that. I would probably just, I really would try to buy out Kemba. This is fucking pathetic at this point. And I feel yeah. bad. Same thing there. Like, he's a nice guy. There's no, it's nothing against him personally. He's been dog shit. Um, if he's not going to get benched because uh, the, I, I don't know if this is a, Tibbs thing, or if they're, you know, there was some talk last time he did get benched that sort of implied that maybe the team wasn't happy with that, which seems fucking insane. Like what, what the fuck? Um, But regardless, you know, uh, if that is not an option, then I would buy him out. Uh, Yeah. There's no, there's no reason to have him on this team anymore.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of there at this point. The only thing is like, it would just be sort of annoying, even if it's a relatively small amount to have just finally gotten Joaquim Noah's money off the books in dead Wait. cap and then be like okay now we're going to spread out Kemba's final Wait, year of his contract. You don't stretch
0: him, isn't he? Oh, he's on a
1: two-year deal, isn't he? he is. Yeah, he's on Oh, a yeah, deal.
0: don't stretch it. No, 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 don't stretch it. So, just fucking deal with it. I mean, you I, could, I also, like just opt- you could yeah, also just you could also just
1: opt to take the $8 million cap hit next year and not stretch it. So
0: Yeah, I think that's what I would do. Yeah. Just get a just forget it. It's a sunk cost. One year is not a big deal. There's no free agents this offseason season anyway. Uh, and even if there is, it's not like a. This isn't a situation where you have like a potential big three where you need you need every ounce of cap space. Just fucking get just get him off the team for everyone's sake.
1: Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. It's just it it didn't work. It really did not work. It's sad because the homecoming angle was so fun and we were so excited for him, but yeah it's the honeymoon's over. It was over. Yeah, like,
0: this offseason, we're going to have to revisit the the question of is anything at all actually better than Alfred Payton? I hate to bring <laughs> it up, but there is a, there's a very real argument that he is worse than Alfred Payton.
1: Yeah, which makes it that much more sad to be completely <laughs> Yeah, I,
0: exactly, right? Come yeah. on. Like, fuck out of here, dude. Come yeah. on.
1: Yeah, it's really been that bad. Mostly just thanks to play style, clashing, and everything else, but no fun at all. Yeah, and also front. just
0: not scoring for, like, Four games.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that's insanity. From <laughs> a guy that was so reason
0: he's here. He doesn't do anything else really. So Yeah.
1: yeah. It is what it is, I guess. I feel like he knows the writings on the wall too, which is probably why yeah. he's been kind of dogging it and mailing it in lately. But
2: You've got mail.
1: Anyway, that that does move us to our next question, which we were sort of talking about this a minute ago. Uh from the Discord, Kyle asked us Was Julius Randle a better player than Demontis Sabonis at any point in their NBA careers? Well Definitively last year, yes. yes 100%. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Like its I don't think it was... I mean, okay, let me not say it's not that close, but it, I think Randall was pretty substantially better than him last year.
1: I'll say it wasn't that close last year. Right. I mean, it's probably closer than people want to admit this year. Yeah, know? I think I, I think I would agree with that as well, actually. Because I um, think that Randall, it's mostly the three-point shot hasn't gone in, but like skill-wise, at his best, he still looks just as good. But like... The, the, the problem has been the at his best part where he's he's definitely dogged it and mailed in a lot of games this year.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're very different styles of player, too. Like, I don't think Sabonis makes a defense panic like Randall does. Oh, no, no, like, absolutely not. The yeah. double teams that Randall draws, Sabonis does not get those. I, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, some games here and there, but I, I don't think it's the same kind of defensive attention. Now, no, I hardly watch the Pacers, so, you know. Uh, I'm, I would not consider myself an expert here, but I, I really don't ever recall that happening in quite the same way. No. Where it, it's like a face-up possession, yeah. you know, like 18 feet. Mm-hmm. Like if he's posting up a mismatch, yeah, of course. But the, the same happens to Randall.
1: Yeah. From what I've seen of Sabonis, he's more of like a, like, like, he's like a Phil Jackson's wet dream kind of guy. Like he'll like get the ball on the high post and like, generate some offense out of there whether it's kicking like a really nice outlet pass to somebody quickly or or posting someone up and creating offense that way obviously he has the three-point shot which goes in pretty consistently and he could do a little bit of pick and roll play and stuff like that but like he's you know that's how he generates offense whereas randall it's literally like takes it the three-point line and then starts breaking a guy down off the dribble and draws like almost an immediate double team because teams are afraid of what he could do if he gets ahead of steam going to the hoop and try to take the mid-range away from him and all this other stuff. And then, you know, try to make him pass out of double teams to find guys. Like, if you put Sabonis in that situation where he was on the perimeter and had to generate stuff like a wing, basically, he he just wouldn't be able to do it.
0: He yeah, doesn't. and I think Sabonis is, in his own right, a really good player. And probably an all-star um, on certain years. But, yeah, I just think there's a certain level of, like, of, of defensive pressure that randall has shown that sabonis hasn't quite gotten to um it's like an element of dynamic creation i don't know how else to explain it but that's that's what strikes me as.
1: yeah i should also note too i definitely just gave sabonis way too much credit on his three-point shot too like he is he is definitely a fake good three-point shooter so randall i was gonna say
0: i was was like i was thinking over here like wait is he good this year because he's always been like okay I guess
1: yeah I mean the last two years have been his best years of his career as far as like volume it goes like shooting on any sort of volume and he shot like 32 percent on like two and a half attempts a game right. so that's really wide not open, that great
0: by the way yeah wide yeah. open
1: yeah and they're always wide open for him Randall cannot really find too many wide open threes that aren't generated from other teammates like right. he's, that guy, he's not going to just get the ball bad. and get left alone you know what yeah. I mean so yeah that's another point for Randall I I think they get compared a lot because of the like point rebound assist thing, but they're actually quite different. Like I think that Sabonis is more of a bully on the inside that just tries to get inside all the time. Yeah, he's a finesse player. Yeah. Whereas Randall is, you know, he's been getting better at getting to the into the lane more, but he's more of a perimeter player, I think, than yeah. than Sabonis sure. is, which is a harder role to yeah. play in the NBA.
0: Yeah, and so. Sabonis also has better players around him.
1: Yeah, that certainly helps matters, right? Um, and, yeah. you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that R.J. Barrett has really stepped up his game. And as a result, we're seeing Julius play his best basketball of the year. So. I agree completely. So I think that Julius kind of, as much as he wants to be like the Batman, I think he's a little better as like a Robin that could draw still draw a lot of attention. Or like a like a decoy Batman. You know what I mean? Like where he's he's getting the attention of the other teams, but that, you know, someone else on the team needs to be able to generate almost as much offense as he can. Yeah, for for sure. it to really work at its best. And,
0: and the last thing I want to say, neither of them are rim protectors. They both have to play the four. Uh, I, I'm sure the Kings are going to try him at the five. Um, I think that's not going to work generously. Um, I don't think a team with Sabonis making a lot of money is going to be good. I don't think there's really any way for that to happen. Uh, I mean, they might make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going anywhere. And I think the reason for that is because he can't protect the rim and he can't switch. So yeah. what are you doing with him on defense? At least Randle can switch credibly, right? Like you can conceivably – we've seen it. It happened last year. You can build an elite defense with Randle. You can do that. You have a big center. You have a bunch of switchy wings. And you have a point of attack defender, and that's it. Uh, you'll be fine. I, I don't think that's necessarily the deal with Sabonis. I think he can get cooked and yeah. will get cooked.
1: Well, and we've seen Randle cook him no less, you know. Yeah. I mean, Randall but mostly has owned that matchup the last couple of years. So, um yeah, it's uh it, it'll be interesting to see. I I I'm with you. It's going to be <laughs> I I also find it kind of funny ironic that the Kings to facilitate the deal for Sabonis had to trade probably the two players that would benefit the most from his skill set in Halliburton and uh Buddy Hield who are really good three-point shooters. Like, even if Kiel is having kind of a down year, he's still, like, a great three-point shooter. Yeah. And Sabonis definitely works best with a bunch of shooters around the perimeter that he can kick to out of the post there. And now they held on to Fox, who's the one guy that can't shoot in their whole backcourt equation, and traded the two guys that at different points of of their careers have been, like, almost 40% three-point
0: shooters. Yeah, it does. I mean, that does not make a whole lot of sense.
1: (laughs) No. I think they should (laughs) have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and as we just noted, like Sabonis is a fake good three-point shooter, too. So Right. It's not even that like team pick, has
0: no spacing anymore.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. It's not even like pick and pop is going to be going crazy for them or something. Right. So, yeah, I'll be intrigued well, to see. I'm looking forward to the Kings being Kings still. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, that was a good question, though. I always love – that was a fun chance to really, like, rip the Kings a new one for that yeah. deal.
2: <laughs> you ever notice that
1: – before we move to the next one, you ever notice the Kings fans – seem to really despise Knicks fans for some reason?
0: Uh, I think I haven't noticed that, but I do, I can imagine that it's because there is a similarity and the Knicks have sort of moved away from that in the last like two, three years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Kings are still doing it. So like they probably told themselves, you know, all these years like, well, at least the Knicks are also garbage or, you know, the Knicks are worse than we are. Like we always said, the Kings are worse than we are. Mm-hmm. Like a shit competition. Yeah, and, and now it's not. It's just them.
1: <laughs> it is. It is actually really funny because like I did a I did a lockdown pod where we were talking about like potential you know Kings trade scenarios with the Knicks or whatever, just like speculative you know fun bullshit. And the host of Lockdown Kings was like, because I asked him the same question. I was like, what's what's up with Kings fans' beef with Knicks fans? Like, is it just that you guys got called like Knicks West for so many years and you're like, oh. shut up. Uh, but like he was like, yeah, I think it's the Kings fans always were kind of like, oh, well, like, you know, at least we're not the Knicks. And I wanted to be like, bro, your team is about to set the record for most consecutive seasons without a playoff appearance, not just in what? the NBA, but I think almost in like all of major sports. <laughs> like, sports? <laughs> I mean, this is going to be like year 17 that they oh, don't make God. the playoffs if they don't oh, in a row. God it's there's almost grown adults that have never seen from the time that they were born until now a a Kings playoff. Yeah. You should have stumbled on a playoff appearance just by mistake. (laughs) I mean, even the Knicks for all that we hate the Knicks, you know, for how much they suck ass, they made the playoffs like three, four straight years in the mellow years. And then made the playoffs last year. Like at least we've gotten like four or five playoff appearances in the last 10 years or so. Right. They just didn't go anywhere. And then you had some, some bad teams in between there, but like, Oh, yeah. I just, I would not want to be a Kings fan. I, if it were you or I, literally over half our life would have been spent not having seen the Kings make playoffs one oh time. Oh
0: my god!
1: Yeah, it's just, oh, ins- that's terrible. Insanity. They, they, we think we're dedicated. Kings fans yeah. are real dedicated. Oh yeah, seriously. And they fought like hell to keep their team there, too. I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah,
0: <laughs> leave. I'm done.
1: I'll go root for a different California team at this rate. Like, seriously, <laughs> just go be a Clippers fan. It's fine. Exactly. Like, just we go latch on fine. to the, the lovable loser that actually makes the playoffs sometimes. Right.
0: Right. Exactly. It's a perfect step that's also a step up.
1: So- exactly.
2: You've got mail.
1: Uh, all right. We'll move to our next question, though. This comes from also from the Discord, Ronnie from Hell's Kitchen. Asks if you had the power to destabilize or further destabilize an NBA franchise, which would you choose and why? Ooh, yeah. What's it? What's your answer here? Which Celtics? You think the Celtics?
0: Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. The the thing is, it's fun to think about the other teams, but the Celtics. You always get the Bill Simmons overreaction, and it's so much fun to just listen to him have a meltdown on the podcast, which we don't. you, You know, you don't get that when the Nets fuck up, or Miami, or anything like that, you know?
1: Yeah. I'm so blown. The,
0: pay- the Pacers are so fucking mid, dude. Like, I just don't care.
1: Yeah. Well, and the Nets have so many, like, media people seemingly in their back pocket that, like, nobody calls them out even when they are right. terrible. Yeah. Like, exactly. if this situation that they're going through right now is happening with all those guys on the Knicks, that, uh, nobody would shut up about it.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, It would just be yeah.
1: constant. And there would be no defense Outside of fans, there would be no defending of it from Dude, anybody. I didn't even
0: know this was happening. I I would yeah. have stumbled on it when they were like when they had lost like seven games in a row. It finally showed up on my Twitter feed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Can you imagine any team losing seven games? I hear about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like the Nets just get a free pass despite being yeah. allegedly the most Finals ready team in the whole yeah, so NBA. Fuck them.
2: Fuck
1: them. Um, I would actually say you you named the team that I would that I would pick just because they annoy the shit out of me. The heat. Yeah. 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 I would destabilize Miami. I'm tired of them always figuring out a way. I mean, they had that team with like Drogic, James Johnson, and like other sort of bullshit that made the playoffs. Like get the fuck out of here. Like I'm tired of their stupid ass team, stupid ass Eric Spolstra. Like we just need to like get, uh, I would destabilize them by like, you know, get the deep state in there, get like, spolster embroiled in some sex scandal or something like yeah, get him the fuck out some
0: freaky shit
1: yeah like well. that's step one like you know take out a hit on pat riley maybe he's he's lived a long enough life um <laughs> he's old enough You could pass it off as yeah <laughs> as
0: else.
1: yeah we'll, we'll we'll do the breaking bad method the best right. best tv show of all time breaking bad we'll rice in <laughs> him you know um for anyone that's not initiated, I don't actually think Breaking Bad is the best TV show of all time. But James Marcita thinks that I think that Breaking Bad is the best. You
0: back down on that so quickly?
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I feel like people would look at me differently if they're like, "Oh, this guy thinks Breaking Bad is the best show ever." It was a I very
0: think, in- I think people will people will totally think that, and I it's, think
1: it's okay. It's just an opinion. It doesn't fucking matter. It was oh, a I very understand. entertaining Can and fun buy. TV show. Anyone yeah. that says otherwise is kidding themselves.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: So. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I would take Miami, though. I'm just tired of them always finding a way to be good. Yeah, it's fair. It's fucking it's, annoying. It's really annoying. I'm just ready for them to be done. Uh, So, yeah, get them the fuck out. Although, it would be my luck. They would get destabilized, and then they would, like, win the lottery again and right. draft, like, the next exactly. Dwayne be Wade, careful though.
0: what you wish for.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I guess to fully destabilize them, we'd have to make sure that they take, like, the worst possible players in the draft, too, because yeah. they always knock it out of the park with the draft and undrafted agency, so – yeah, all part of the plan. I say Miami needs to get destabilized.
2: You've got mail.
1: Uh, all right, our next question comes from... I don't know why he did this, but... Uh, <laughs> also Ronnie from Hell's Kitchen, but this one is actually Doug. Uh and by uh, Doug, we mean Drew. And by Doug, we mean Drew Steele. <laughs> so we're
0: really we're, we're really in a Tropic Thunder situation here where it's a guy pretending to be another guy, pretending yeah. to be another guy.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. So uh, I don't know why he changed his name to Ronnie from Hell's Kitchen's name, but Drew Steele asked us a question. Given the regression from Randall, uh, Kemba being a level of wash we probably should have expected, the Rose injury and Mitchell Robinson needing a significant amount of time to get into shape, Are fans actually being too critical of Tom Thibodeau? Hmm. What do you think?
0: I I think this is a good take. Um, This is something I've been thinking of myself. Dude, all I keep thinking of, Matt, I don't mean to toot my own fucking horn here, but you remember when Rose got hurt and people people were like, okay, you know, we'll get him back eventually in time for the playoff run. And we talked about it on the pod. And I was like, Rose might be the most important player on this team. And we've we've come back to this over and over, and all I can think about is that Rose might be the most important player on this team. Mitch yeah. is might be the second most important player on this team. He might be right. Look at look at what's happening now compared to the beginning of the year. He couldn't even fucking play. Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking about you would never center rotation. Remember, remember Taj Gibson was our best center for like a month. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. This yeah. is this is the kind of shit that we've been fucking dealing with this year. And plus, he, he didn't even mention Fournier being dog shit for two months, who's finally yeah. rounding into form. But, of course, they're now rounding into form when you don't have Rose, and the schedule is much harder. And, you know, they, they, we're getting RJ at the same time, thankfully, but you have, you have all these things where you have the bad performances when you when you had the easy schedule, and you end up dropping games to Orlando and shit. Uh, and now that the hard schedule comes, it's too late. There's nothing you could do. So, I mean, I don't mean to – this isn't a full absolving of Tibbs at all. Um, there's definitely stuff he should still be doing better. But I do think it it's a valid point that you're talking about, what, three-and-a-half guys being basically – three-and-a-half of your rotation players being useless, right? Kemba, Rose, and and
1: two-thirds of Mitch? Yeah. Yeah. Not to two-thirds of Fournier. Yeah. I, so I think where I'm at on this, like, I could definitely appreciate the fact that the Knicks have been kind of snake bitten this year. But I think my counter to that is that it seems like a lot of teams in the NBA have been pretty snake bitten this year. And a lot of them have handled it a hell of a lot better than the Knicks it's and the Knicks have. It's true. Um, and
0: there's an argument that, well, maybe the reason Fournier played like shit is because of tips.
1: Yeah. 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 So the, 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 the chicken neck. Yeah. So, like, you know, like Tibbs loves to be like the next man up coach or whatever and like toot that horn and all that shit. But like, I think that he struggles with not having like his guys, particularly Rose, you know, available. And I also think that he's just done kind of a piss poor job of like planning around what personnel he does have any given night. Like, I don't know, having injuries sucks but like that's no excuse for say the other day having you know like uh jeff wrote this in in our recap uh today on strickland like having mitch and Noel out with injuries for a game and having the nuggets behind nicole Jokic play jermichael green who's like six foot eight as their backup center for large stretches of the game And not going to Obi and Randall for even like five minutes when they were your two best players on the floor for the game. It just makes no sense. And that's the sort of stuff that, you know, Tibbs has had those two guys for pretty much the whole year. And they've played fantastic by and large for like the whole year. And yet they've shared the court for all of like 15 minutes the entire year. And like nine of those were in game one. You know, it's just, it's horrendous. the, The lack of ingenuity that he has and like the the fact that he always feels the need to have like a, a rigid structured, like nine or 10 man rotation with no flex and always has to play like the five starters together and the five bench players. Well,
0: he has been staggering more a little bit recently. I think I actually only because he's
1: gone to a nine man rotation. Yeah. Well, well, but that's, that's
0: the thing, right?
1: But why are you going to a nine man rotation? You know, it's like, it's the regular season, like go to 10 and stagger them a little differently. Like, I don't know. It's just – I find it to be unimaginative. And I also think – I think regardless of the injury statuses or the underperformances of guys, it seems like Tibbs has really, to my eye at least, lost the locker room this year in many ways. And I think that that can sort of explain some of the underperformances too. So it's like – Maybe. I think it's sort of a chicken or egg situation.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably just both things. Is the reality is these guys sucked and that's part of the reason they lost games and Tibbs didn't help with that. Uh, but I, I don't know if he also actively, like I'm not really sure what Fournier is doing so much differently now other than hitting shots. Maybe, you know, maybe he's getting a couple of different actions here and there. But by and large, we're talking about stuff on the margins uh, when we're talking about those kinds of actions, right? They're not running place from every possession. There's a point where, you just got to hit shots I and mean, he wasn't hitting shots. And that's sort of, you know, shrugging, whatever. What can you do?
1: Yeah. What are we going do? You know? Um <laughs> <Three>. I, <laughs> I do a really good Rick from Big Mouth. So I, I can't help but go to that sometimes. Yeah. When, that's a good one. That was yeah. good. <laughs> you got to grind the pepper, bubble <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh all right. Well that was a good question from Doug, but I think we can move to our yes, next it was. one. Because mm-hmm. you know, we're a little. Um
2: You've got mail.
1: Our next questions come from Jake Andrews on Twitter at NY Critics. We got a few from Jake here. Uh Jake, first first one is a longer question. It says, I'm coming in hot. I don't see how some people, you know who, yeah, that bum who's not on today. He can't even defend himself. This is gonna be so fun. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see how some people <laughs> Marty. Can criticize the Buck Showalter hire for the Mets and be in favor of keeping Tibbs. Answer this question: Is Tibbs the guy on the dice when uh, the Knicks are hosting an M- or sorry hoisting an NBA title or an ECF title? Is the an- if the answer is no, why would you be so afraid to fire him? Are we just that traumatized from David Fisdale and company that we're afraid of the unknown? So are we not uh, are we just going to settle? I've seen this before. This is how people end up in bad marriages. Well, no, sir, I say. Imagine me throwing my glass of wine into the fireplace. I imagined it. It was gorgeous. Fire tips, Jake closes with. So <laughs> off of off of a potential devil's advocate for tips maybe not being that bad, we have this question, which basically says, fuck Tom Thibodeau. What do you think, Zach? What do you, what also, do you think about Jake's take? Fuck that?
0: Matt. <laughs>
1: and also, fuck Matt for like for not liking Buck Showalter.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know about I, I don't I don't I even mean, I don't know who Showalter here is. Um, I I don't feel like I can respond to this. I feel like we should leave this for Matt. It's
1: yeah, not. I mean, I'll answer a little bit in the sense of, I mean, I do agree that I don't think the Knicks should be afraid of firing Tibbs and. I sort of made this point like on um on Locked on Nick's yesterday, like we did like a mini mailbag and someone was like what would the what would this team be like if Mike Miller had been hired as the head coach instead of Tibbs? And my thought was like, well, they'd probably be like more sustainably mediocre, where they wouldn't have had the high highs of last year, but they wouldn't be reaching these low lows of this year. Yeah. But the but the other difference is that I think that if Mike Miller was the coach, it would sort of be acknowledged of like all right, dude, like you're the, you're the bridge coach. Like we want you to like develop the young players for a while. And like, eventually, unless you really start taking a step forward as far as how good the team is, you're going to probably get replaced at some point. And there would just sort of be that silent understanding between the front office and the coach. Whereas with Tibbs, I just feel like it's going to end up being a lot messier thanks to the fact that, you know, he has his standing for better or worse is like a perceived great coach in the NBA. He just won a coach of the year award last year for the team overachieving under him. He's friends with Leon Rose and everything else. Like I I think that if the Knicks had eventually, you know, had Mike Miller, he went roughly 500 for like three years. And then they said, okay, Mike, we're moving on. It would have been quiet. Nobody would have said a word and they probably would have brought in a better coach, you know, with Tibbs, whenever the firing happens, if it's this off season, next off season, it's going to be ugly. Um, and it's going to lead to a lot of Maybe. criticism of the team and everything.
0: Maybe, but it also might not. I think people are, you know, I, I don't think it's um, too difficult to figure out why he would be fired if
1: he was fired. You know what I, I mean? I mean, when you say that, you, you're talking about the fans and stuff, which I agree with. But you got to understand, well, there's still people to this day saying that David Fisdale got a, a bad shake. With yeah, the but you
0: can't do anything about those people no matter what. I, I don't, I don't think it's an organizational a good organizational decision to pay attention or care what those kinds of people say um,
1: oh i don't think so either and i don't necessarily yeah, know so that fuck it, you know like yeah. Whatever. I don't, yeah i'm just saying that there is i mean if you want to talk about being afraid of getting rid of tibs part of the reason can be the optics of it just because you know that it's going to create more of a shitstorm than if they I, kept a guy like i a guess
0: guy. i i just don't know like what shitstorm? storm you know like who who cares who's going to bat for him
1: uh, there are going to be plenty of people. that are going to go to bat for Tibbs when he gets fired eventually, yeah, whatever. whatever that is. The usual
0: suspects who don't matter. Yeah, um, yeah. I do want to point out though, my, I, I'm not. I, I'm going to sort of play devil's advocate here for a second, um, just in in the example that was used here because I think this is sort of uh, an interesting thing. Uh, number one, we should be traumatized by David Fisdale. <laughs> but um, the thing is, there there is. Dig makes the argument that this is how people end up in bad marriages, and I think that's valid and true and a good analogy. But I would also point to the other side of this, which is that if you always think the grass is greener, you don't get married at all. You don't get involved with anyone at all because you always think there's someone better, right? Uh, and this is this is something that happens a lot to a lot of people. Uh, you typically don't know if someone is going, if you're settling or not, right? Right. You have to find someone who you're okay with, both coaching and in marriage, I think it's a good analogy, and you work together the best you can until you can't anymore. So, uh, you know, you give it a shot. Sometimes things go well. Sometimes things go poorly. If you judge that the highs are worth the lows, then you keep them. And if not, then you get rid of them. So, so far we've seen the highs. We're sort of seeing the lows. Although I do also want to point out that as far as the lows go, this isn't that bad. Like, let's be real, we've seen some serious shit, you know what I mean? Like, like okay, yeah, this team has talent, but not that much talent. Uh, there's a lot of young guys here, uh, and a lot of inconsistent players here. So, uh, you know, the grass is always greener, it seems, and uh, it, the reality is it's not always.
1: Yeah, I think it's just ultimately, like, this year, the the disappointment level is way higher. Yeah,
0: which of course it
1: is. Yeah.
0: Of course. And, and dude, the reality is – this is another thing that I talk about a lot. A coach is a margin. It's on the margins. D- is there any coach who would be making this team a, uh, a even a 500 team, do you think?
1: Oh, I yeah. There are definitely oh. some coaches. I think that earlier in the season – there, there was a lot of games that that could have swung the Knicks' way. That you they think a be- coach and a coach by himself, not with the infrastructure of a organization,
0: a standalone coach is worth seven to ten wins halfway through a season.
1: You, if you're talking strictly this season, well, I guess season, it's not
0: really seven, it's more like five because you're yeah. taking the, the, the losses away. But if still, you, if you're stand. talking
1: strictly this season with how things have gone for the Knicks, I do think there are some good. No,
0: well, but here's the thing I think it's easy to say that because we watch all the Knicks games, but I think every team complains about their coach and they think their coach is always doing something wrong. No one is perfectly happy with their coach. People wanted Eric or fired when the Heat were not winning every single title. You know what I mean? This happens to every team. Every team thinks their coach has problems, uh, so I do think the I think the coaching stuff is on the margins. It's about your talent more than anything. Like ninety five percent of it is talent, and the other five percent is maybe your coach.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can I can certainly hear that. I mean, talent definitely wins. I do think though that procedurally this year, the Knicks have lost a lot of games thanks to Tibbs and some of the decisions that he's made. Or awesome. More specifically decisions he has not made.
0: Well, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I don't, and I don't want to hang on this too long, but some of those games they would have lost anyway. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like it looks like they lost because of the decision-making, but they would have just lost for a different reason if he had made the decision that you wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I just don't think it's so simple to say like five wins is crazy. That is so much.
1: Yeah, for well, half a know.
0: season. For half a season, that's a that's a ten. That's uh So what is that percentage wise? Like you're talking about you're talking about adding like an all star talent, like a coach's equivalent to an all star talent. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I just don't think that's true. I mean, but I don't really know either.
1: I just think. I mean, if I was going to pick one example, we could just leave it on this because I feel like there's not. We keep talking back and forth about this. We're never going yeah. like, to find a true. Uh, there is no real answer because we can't. We can't <laughs> to make right. you know right. our, yeah. another cartoon reference. We can't like just pull out our Rick and Morty portal gun and check all the alternate realities and right. see what's going on here. Yeah, but it, the one guy that we sort of mentioned already, I would argue maybe it would be a guy that I would be like, if you put him in charge of the Knicks, I think he could be worth an extra five wins. Would be like a Spolstra. Like if you have a coach that's that good and that's that good at making adjustments and you know game planning for other teams and stuff, which Tibbs has not seemed loose enough to do he's much too like rigid to to do those sort of things you know I think there is a chance that a guy like a spolster could you know put the Knicks in in the position where they would win a, a, like five extra games for a year uh or even for a half a season because I think we've already seen you know him take worse groups of talent than the Knicks have this year and he, bring them well, to 45 wins
0: yeah and and I I get that but Okay, uh, I just think it's a result of the organization as a whole, not the coach individually. He's a part of that, but I think the fact that Miami Pulse players' around ass constantly, it's good drafting, it's good development, and good coaching. Mm-hmm. And they have a framework where, where there's no ego. You know what I mean? These guys come in and go to work, and that's why they want Jimmy Butler. That's why Jimmy Butler is the face of their fucking team, and it's a perfect guy. Kyle Rowry, too. They have that whole thing going on. It makes everyone better, including the coach. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying, so but like, the, I think the if you, st- if you pull them out of there, it's a little different.
1: But the coach instills that culture too. I think. No, it's,
0: I think it's. I think that's true. But I think Tibbs has proven that he also can sometimes do that. You know, but it wears thin. Yes. Yeah. Like he's proven that he can do that. So yeah. th- there's there's arguments both ways, basically.
1: Well, anyway, we tried to pass that question along and, and just be like, well, we'll just leave that. You tried to. You yeah, tried. Yeah, now I'm not.
0: Bring it back up. Then we just <laughs>
1: – now we just had our longest question of probably – Yeah, we're,
0: that's it. Matt gets no
2: input. <laughs> You've got mail.
1: Uh, so another question from Jake Andrews here. Which will happen sooner? The Knicks will have a star point guard or the media realizes that most Knicks fans don't give a fuck what Charles Oakley says about Ewing, Dolan, et cetera? Um, I don't know. Not. <laughs> I hate to say it, but probably the media side of it because, like, Oakley will just stop being relevant at a certain point.
0: Oh, interesting. I was going to go the other way because I think the media is going to do it forever because the reality is uh, they're doing it because people click on it. And it may not be the people who are listening to this podcast, but people do click on it. And that's not going to change. So, and Oakley is probably not going to shut his fucking mouth. So I am going to go star point guard.
1: Do you think, like, 20 years after... uh after Oakley dies, the ESPN still going to be going to his tombstone yes, every dude, year and being Oakley, like, Oakley is d- going to bury
0: a bunch of time capsules. Yeah.
1: And that, uh, that that what do you mixed- call those
0: things? Yeah. It's a time capsule, right? Where you put uh-huh. it on the ground and then you're like, Oh, in 20 years we'll come dig yeah. it up.
1: Yeah, the, the, yeah. He'll leave a bunch in, in Bristol for ESPN. Exactly. And <laughs> exactly. also, also he'll have like uh like fuck James Dolan on his tombstone. So they can yep. always go for a year and be like, does, does Charles Oakley have any opinion this year? It'll be like, Fuck, It'll James be Stone. the background
0: shot of every segment.
1: Yeah. Just
0: the tombstone. Just
1: a Patrick tombstone. Ewing was yeah. a piece of shit, and I hate him. <laughs> That's going to be on his tombstone, probably. Like, yep. this might shock you guys as I reveal this for the seventh straight year in a row, but I did not like Patrick Ewing that much. Like, wow. Thanks for the info, buddy. Thanks. Really appreciate it.
2: You've got mail.
1: Uh, all right. Last question from Jake Andrews here Peacemaker, Boba Fett, and Hawkeye. Rank them, discuss them, whatever you want. Have you watched all three of these, Zach?
0: I haven't watched Hawkeye, uh, but I've watched the other two.
1: Oh, uh, see, I haven't watched Peacemaker yet, but I've, oh, I have. Oh, dude, you should. It's I, good. I, I am. I haven't watched the finale of Boba Fett yet today because it just released. Me neither. Yeah. I'm doing it after this episode, actually. Same, bro. Yes. And then, and then uh, Hawkeye, I did watch. So, um, I don't know. I mean, do we want to just give, on the ones that were qualified to, give quick opinions?
0: Well, yeah. Why don't you tell me if Boba Fett is better than Hawkeye? Because I will make my judgment. That'll put Hawkeye into um, place into my ranking, if that makes sense. All
1: right. Well, so let's, I'll give a quick spoiler warning. So spoilers, skip ahead like, you know, a couple we'll minutes. What do you to spoil? Because I'm also here and I can't skip. I'm just, no, no. I'm just going to say about what happens in Boba Fett, which you know about.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So... Spoilers for Boba Fett, maybe minor, minor spoilers for Hawkeye, but, um, Boba Fett, I thought came on really slow and ironically the show got the best when the main character was no longer featured.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Not a good sign.
1: Yeah. Um, which basically just kind of confirms that this was always just sort of like a, a bridge show to Mandalorian season three. Um, I've been hearing, you know, I've just been seeing from like reviews and whatever that the final episode is like balls to the wall. Awesome. Which I fully, uh, you know, I fully believe that. Um, I think. So depending on how it ends, I will probably put Boba Fett higher than Hawkeye. That said, that said Hawkeye was really fun and I loved it. Um, I'll, I'll give the spoiler free review for you, Zach. Like, It's more street level in the story it tells. So it's not like world ending stuff. It's essentially like uh, a Hawkeye.
0: Huh? The first
1: Spider-Man. Sort of. Yeah. But even, even smaller scale, like it's Hawkeye versus like the mob. Essentially. Um, it's, it's more daredevil esque, but more lighthearted, you know, like, like the daredevil Netflix shows, but more lighthearted. Um, i really liked kate bishop uh have you seen if i say some of the characters that were in it is that gonna spoil stuff for you
0: no i'm gonna forget
1: okay all right so like like yelena belova was awesome you know uh florence Pugh coming back as that character was amazing um uh, vincent d'onorfrio as kingpin again was crazy awesome um when he came back in the in the final couple episodes so, I mean, I, I thought Hawkeye did a really great job, and they finally made, like, another Marvel story that wasn't, like... You could maybe argue Falcon and the Winter Soldier was sort of like this, but, like, a, a more grounded story where it's not like every every single thing that Marvel puts out is something that could potentially destroy the universe because right. it, it starts getting harder and harder to believe that, like, yeah, okay, you're, you're taking this, like, world-ending threat on alone. Why, exactly? Like, you have enough firepower in all of your super friends to wipe this guy off the planet in five seconds so why don't you call up two of them and just you know get the job done real quick like uh, you know so that's that's sort of where i i liked hawkeye a lot uh that it lowered the stakes a little bit but so it's not to say that hawkeye was bad but I, if boba fett finishes as strong as it sounds like it's going to then i'd probably go boba fett just because i freaking love those characters particularly the two that they brought back from the mandalorian um and the character reveal last week, which was just fucking awesomely cool. So, that's my opinion there. Where do you stand on Peacemaker, I guess, then, versus Boba Fett, since you've seen both those?
0: Oh, Peacemaker's way better than Boba Fett.
1: Really? Yes. I've heard Peacemaker is, like, super-duper funny.
0: It's very funny. I find it a, I will say, basically, the only criticism I can have of it is that it's, like... It's a, it's a little bit of James Gunn, like, jerking himself off. because yeah. like. It's a little rest. too vulgar. Like <laughs> yeah. like he's always kind of vulgar, obviously, but it's like they're really saying fuck every other word. And I say fuck every other word, and I'm taking notice of it. And it's just like once I noticed that, it was sort of like, oh, well, this is a little much. But in general, it's yes, it's funny. Uh, it's entertaining. It's weird. It's interesting. Uh, it's one of the better shows I've watched in general in the last honestly couple years. I don't I don't really watch a lot of TV, uh, just shows in general. I stick to you know the the main stuff, and it's definitely a step above these. I, I mean, the, the generic Marvel and Star Wars, um, which is sort of where I'm at with Boba. Also, I like it. It's fine, I guess, but it's just kind of boring and unambitious. And the fact that the Mandalorian is the best part of above head show, uh, not good. And I wish that they would just do something different. Like, it, it just feels like, like, what are we doing here? We have another fucking person in Mandalorian armor again on Tatooine. Like, I just, I just, I am, I'm am such a sucker for Star Wars. I'm the exact person they had in mind when they bought this property for $5 billion. And we are like, we're just going to print money for the next hundred years. And I I went and see all the movies. I always will. I always will. I always watch these shows, whether they're good or not. I'm still going to watch it because I'm a fucking sucker. Okay. And I love this shit, but I just wish they would try something that's ambitious. Nothing yeah. is ambitious. Even I the Mandalorian will. was not ambitious.
1: Yeah. It's just well executed. I'll say like, I had the, I, I said the same thing, like going through the first few episodes of Boba Fett. I remember I said to my wife, I was like, it's always so funny because like, I know you've, you played KOTOR, right?
0: A long time ago. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, so like, I just replayed it recently and like, you know, even in KOTOR, no Knights of the Old Republic for anybody listening. It's supposed to be like a, uh, uh, like hundreds, if not thousands of years before, the events of like the star Wars movies, you know what I mean? Like a long ass time ago, like the original Sith versus Jedi wars, like way back in the day and stuff. And, um, and like, even in that game, you go to Tatooine and they say like, Oh yeah. Tatooine dried up, you know, generations ago, (laughs) you know, like there's been nothing here. This is a bullshit town, you know, where it's just like, (laughs) or a bullshit planet where, you know, everything's dried up and everything sucks. And, yeah, you know, there's yeah, not even anything left.
0: Like it's fucking capital of the fucking universe. It's yeah,
1: so- and they're like, you know, there's not even anything to mine here anymore, practically, you know? Right. And, and then in, you know, in Star Wars lore, it's literally like the center of the universe. And it's like, yeah. come it's
0: on, so man. You've got a whole
1: universe to work with. Do here.
0: anything. Just please, God, just give me something different. Like, I yeah. don't, it doesn't need to land. <laughs> like, just please try something different. Please, God, but they won't. I know they won't. Marvel won't really do this either uh that's sort of why i liked loki i I don't want to get too deep into this but that at least was like a little different you know where the final episode was not really action uh Mm. and i like that i like that they tried something different so i like thor ragnarok so much but they don't that's like the extent of it you know what i mean those are still clearly marvel products Mm. star wars does the same shit i need them to try something different so bad just yeah. so
1: please, God. The, the only thing I'll give them credit for is that they have sort of leaned into like the Mandalorian stuff as being like more so than the normal Star Wars movies, like a Western sort of. And they like lean into that vibe, which is kind of fun.
2: A
0: little bit, yeah. And then, a like, little
1: bit. but it's the Mandalorian again. That's the yeah. Mandalorian doing it to Boba. Yeah. And then, and then, like, the as far as like Marvel, they occasionally try something different. Which is nice, and those yeah. are usually the best ones. Go figure. Yes, right, like, right.
0: I just like. Can you imagine if Star Wars just did something fucking interesting? Even yeah. like Solo, dude, because that felt different.
1: Yeah, like there, there was some like, bullshit um, in that, but it was different. Yeah, like it was like a decent like heist movie, kind of. Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: Except like, that's literally all they have to do. They can take movies that already exist and just put them in Star yeah. Wars.
1: I mean, that's there, there's, there's no better like proof positive than like. And then we can end the discussion because we've gone on a long time yeah, on this. Yeah, but yeah. but like, we need to save this for the next nerd mailbag. But sure. like, um, for example, like, there's no better example in Marvel than like Shang-Chi versus Eternals. right? Where it was like, Shang-Chi was like, okay, you guys just, I mean, it ended with sort of like the, the big CGI fight sequence. But like, most of that movie is like, wow, this is like a badass, like, single shot fight scenes yeah. like you know it's kung, a kung fu, fu movie, movie. It's and it's cool, cool as fu shit movie. and it was cool as shit and it was Can so imagine,
0: dude, dude imagine a star wars movie or show shot like an actual action movie and I will say the last jedi this is why I like the last jedi I'm gonna stop here but the throne room scene was sort of like that where it got created it, it did something different and people were fucking annoyed about that but fuck them please give me like single shot Cool fight choreography. Let's fucking go. Get the Jedi out of here. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Just give me cool stuff. That's and there it. was oh, the, my,
1: my other thing with Star Wars to reference there. Like, it's literally called Star Wars. Lean into right. the war element. Shoot it like yeah. a war movie sometimes, which is sort of what they did with Rogue One. Yeah, and end.
0: Solo, that, that one scene.
1: Yeah, and that felt really cool too. It was cool, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, they just got to try new things. But, you know, you and I, like you said the best, we're suckers, so we'll keep watching regardless. Yeah, it's true. Here I am complaining and I'm still going to give them my money. Exactly.
2: You've got mail. All
1: right, we'll take another quick uh, diversion from the Knicks for a second here. G-Baked in the Discord wants to know, I was at the Met playoff game where LaDuca tagged out two runners at home plate. What's the weirdest sports moment you've seen live? Zach, do you have a weird sports moment you've seen live? Um,
0: I don't really have a a good one because I haven't gone to too many games. Uh, I do. The, the one that stands out was when, do you remember when the Knicks played the Jazz and Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, like dropped the ball at the end of the shot clock. It was like on the floor and he, he like picked it up and, and chucked it up and it went in at the end of the game. And then he did the shimmy.
1: I think I sort of
0: remember that that's yeah that's that's the weirdest i got it was like a completely broken play one of the more broken plays i've seen Mm -hmm. Uh, and he just sort of chucked it and it went in i was at that game it was fucking awesome but that's it nothing particularly weird
1: i think i don't have any i don't have a story that's like super duper weird i'll say the closest thing to a weird one was so uh for those that know city field mine's a Mets one too i i've one of my favorite places to sit is uh, in right field on the – it used to be called the Pepsi porch. Now I think it's the Coca-Cola corner or whatever. The the capitalist corner, we could call it now. <laughs> um, but the seats that are like right sort of over the bullpen sort of that are over there and like the bleacher seats there. Right. And uh, it's like right on the foul pole. And so the one game – it was a really close game. I forget who they were playing, but um, Ike Davis – it was the first baseman at the time. And he cranked one. And it. I was sitting, like, literally, like, almost all the way over to the foul pole. So I had, like, a perfect, like, first baseline view all the way down. And he, he cranked this ball so hard that it went over the foul pole. Like, it completely cleared the top of the foul pole. and But you could see it, like, actually cross over the pole itself. Right? Oh. And so if it hits or is in line with the foul pole, it's still a home run. And so he cranks this ball up onto the Pepsi porch. And my wife's first inclination is she goes sprinting to try to go get the ball because she's like, cool. Like I'm going to go get a foul slash home run ball. My inclination was, I'm like waiting for the call and then the ump calls foul and I'm just sitting there screaming like that was a home run like this is bullshit like and I'm like as if the ump could see me I'm like right. lining whole, it up with my hand
0: opinion in any way yeah
1: I'm like lining it up with my hand out there like this is fucking horse shit I'm like this is a home run it went over the pole what are you talking about and I'm like screaming pretty soon like <laughs> a minute or so later my wife comes back and she's like Where were you? She's like, I went to go try to get the ball, and I was going to like kind of dive at it with this guy near me, but you weren't there to like intimidate the guy and scare him. So I didn't do it because I was afraid the person might fight me. And I'm like, oh, oh, my bad. I was arguing with nobody about why it was a home run and not a foul ball. (laughs) So that's my weird sports moment, I guess. I still to this day say that Ike Davis' bomb was a home run and not a uh, foul (laughs)
0: ball. Did it end up mattering?
1: Um, yeah, I think the Mets wound up losing that game in large part, thanks to not getting that home run, if I'm not mistaken. So, wow. I mean, wow. grand scheme of things, it didn't matter. But in the course so the of that game... So the moral of the story
0: is, fuck baseball because that should be reviewable?
1: Yeah, well, now it probably would be. But back then, I don't think the review... This is like 12- 2012, maybe? Boo. So Bam. I don't think they had it, the, the review rules quite in place at that point. Boo. Yeah. Boo, indeed. I fucking... Yes. Fuck right. you, baseball. That's um, right.
2: You've got mail. All
1: right, moving to our next question. Back to basketball. Good old basketball.
0: Right, that's what we're doing here. I forgot.
1: There's going to be a lot of repeats here, so some of these might not get a full treatment, because we talked a lot about Tibbs in this episode. But uh, Stingy, our very own, from the Discord, says, Would you rather get rid of Tibbs or have Reddish play 35 minutes a game? Why does this have to be an ultimatum? Why can't I have both? (laughs)
0: <laughs> i would I'll like to get reddish rid of tips and 35. play
1: reddish 35 a game
0: i'll take reddish 35 a game i don't think it's it would be pretty though
1: yeah i i would if if you know if this is just for like the rest of the season for example then i would say play reddish 35 a game
0: yeah you know it would be like that kevin knox rookie seasons
1: yeah sort <laughs> of especially while he gets especially, especially while he gets acclimated to the system of his non-permanent coach for the rest of the year. That's going to be great. Um, yeah, I think that's my quick answer. I don't have too much more to add to that.
2: You've got mail. Uh,
1: we got a, a fistful of questions here. One one for each finger from uh, Jax365 uh, from the Discord. And this is, an, uh, this, is, this is a pot shot at one of our uh, one of our cohorts in the Knicks, Knicks sphere here. Can we criticize Tibbs? Like, I know he's forgotten more basketball than I know, but everything has been poo lately. Uh, Zach what do you think I, do,
0: I, I, I mean I think we've gone over it I mean I guess I could more explicitly say that I agree with all the criticism I don't think I mean and I think the the RJ injury is really a, a very metaphorical cherry on top for good reason um yeah yeah it's, I mean I don't know I don't know everything you said is true so you know while while I definitely caution I, I think people are are overreacting a little i I still think that there's plenty to criticize here for good reason. Like, you know, it's somewhere in between there.
1: Yeah, I, I'll just say in terms of the, and I mean, this is, I won't like subtweet him or something. Like, like John Macri is very pro Tibs, um, and has has been, you know, has defended him a lot throughout the last year, or you know, especially this season, which is fine. You know, I mean, everybody's allowed their opinion. I I just think that once you start, if you try to police what people can and can't criticize as it pertains to sports. It's a really rapidly slippery slope because if you say you can't criticize Tibbs because he's forgotten more basketball than you'll ever know, then, you know, you could turn that around and be like, well, you can't ever criticize Julius Randle because he's played and forgotten more basketball than you'll ever know. So how are you to comment on what Julius can do? And then none of us have anything to do. Because... Yeah, you can't,
0: you can't say anything about anything. Exactly. Here's the, here's the thing. The, one of my favorite sayings, I don't remember where I heard this from the first time, but it works perfectly for this one. You don't need to be a helicopter pilot to see a helicopter in a tree and know that someone fucked up.
1: Exactly. That's a perfect analogy, and I think that's the perfect one to end this this first question on. Like, it, there, there shouldn't be any, any regulations as far as what we are and aren't qualified to talk about. Because it's just like, everybody's allowed an opinion, whether it's right or wrong, is besides the point. Um, and who you choose to put your faith in is completely up to you. Uh, you know, to which is to say, like Macri can be in support of Tibbs all he wants. To yeah, do. And, and that's so why I'm in support else. of Alfred Payton. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I love Kemba Walker.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You've got mail. Uh,
1: our second question from Jacks365 is: Randall's performance lately—him trying to stop the Knicks from getting a better draft pick. Um, maybe, because he might be a little afraid of the Knicks jumping in the lotto and getting Paolo Benchero who's yeah, like... Yeah, apparently he's Randall, right? He's like a younger, better Randall, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe I mean, not better right. at this point, but like younger with more potential Randall. Yeah, basically. but isn't that
0: like, other guy, the fucking white guy, is his name Chet? Is that Chet his name? Holgren, yeah. Yeah, it, You know, isn't that a guy that would be perfect to pair with Julius? Because I don't really know at this point, but it seems like it. I'm actually...
1: To be honest, I'm a little more intrigued by Chet and Mitch potentially as a pair. Oh, you think Um, is that guy a four? He looked I thought he was a five. He is way too skinny to play five right now. Like he's like Porzingis minus twenty pounds his first year. Oh, is he that thin? He is very thin. So but he's pretty mobile and like a good rim protector, but not the best rebounder, obviously, although he seems to at least kind of know how to use his size. But he's also like a pretty damn good shooter, it seems like.
2: All right. um,
0: well, I so, guess we
1: can save that. Sorry, I, I got sidetracked there. Oh, that's okay. I mean, you know, I, I'm just and getting. You're
0: very my, happy to talk about draft picks.
1: I'm just getting into my draft journey. <laughs> yeah,
0: we should be warming up. Fuck, I hate talking about draft
1: picks. Yeah, I'm there starting so to. I'm, Fuck. I'm. starting to look into these things a little more. So, I know.
0: oh God
1: damn it! It's been a very contentious discussion in the uh, in the the Discord about whether Chet Holmgren is going to be able to put on weight and this sort of thing. I, I'm betting on the talent with him personally. So yeah, I mean, maybe Julius Randall is a little scared. Cause like if the Knicks, let's say would jump to the number one pick and they wind up taking Chet Holmgren or Jabari, uh, uh, Jabari Smith or Paulo Banchero. Like, yeah, Randall's days are probably numbered. Cause unlike Obi Toppin, who they've been hesitant to sort of like look to trade Randall and, and, move things over. Like if you get one of those three guys who are definitely like a power forward, probably and maybe with check can eventually be a center. Um, you're probably moving off of Randall at that point, rather than like moving top in or something. Cause you could probably get more value. So yeah, I think that's maybe he is, maybe he's intentionally uh, trying to sabotage my, my theory with Randall is that he saw that the writing was kind of on the wall, but he actually doesn't want to leave the Knicks. So he's been trying to play better lately to sort of salvage that relationship. <laughs> I, I fucking hope so. Yeah.
2: You've got mail.
1: Um, all right. Next question from Jax365. Does Windhorse, Brian Windhorse, of course, look like Kingpin or Penguin? Uh, he says, I'm team Kingpin. This is, of course, Brian Windhorse uh, from ESPN, who's a, uh, we'll say, um, robust individual. Um, <laughs> Zach, what do you think? Is he more Kingpin I don't, or I Penguin?
0: Don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen... I, the only Kingpin I know is from, actually, Spider-Verse. Um, and I don't remember what Penguin looks like, so... Uh,
1: Penguin was played by Danny DeVito. <laughs> so is he short? Well, I mean, yeah, in most interpretations. I mean, he's so I usually... So has
0: to be Kingpin, then.
1: He's usually short and portly. Right. You know?
0: Nice use of portly. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, I mean, just based on that, it's got to be Kingpin, right?
1: Yeah, I guess my only thing is like Kingpin is like super strong and intimidating, and I don't get intimidating vibes off Windhorse at all. You don't know
0: how strong he is, bro.
1: I yeah, I guess I don't. I'm still going. I'm gonna go with Penguin. I think. Oh, so we could be a split decision here. Does
0: Windhorse wear tuxedos?
1: No, but he wears suits often. Well, Um, on TV,
0: suit a tuxedo, Alex. You're gonna show up to a fucking. Black tie wedding in a suit. No, but goes.
1: actually, what looks more like a penguin is if you wear just a white shirt with a black blazer, and that mm-hmm. is what he wears a lot. It's he terrible. doesn't wear a tie usually. So okay, I will abstain. All yeah. right, I'm I'm going penguin. No, you could you could say kingpin. It's fine. No, I I, I actually don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is my polite <laughs> way of saying that I, I don't, don't care. My way of backing out because I don't <laughs> care. All right,
2: you've got mail.
1: Uh, all right. Next question from Jax is uh, a magical creature allows the Knicks to have 25 years of success, but you must conquer your greatest fear. Will you do it? What would be your like fear factor?
0: Fear. I don't know what my greatest fear is. If it, yeah. And honestly, I mean, just going offhand, like if that's like eating roaches, because that's fucking disgusting. Okay. I would not do it. That's not worth it.
1: For 25 years of Knicks Dude, success? I don't give
0: a fuck. This is a game. Here's the thing. Have you heard of the hedonic treadmill? Do you know what that is? No. Okay, so it's a it's a psychological concept where no matter what you give people, they get used to it eventually because that's just human nature, okay? If the Knicks had 25 years of success, I would get used to it after two years and I'd start being spoiled again and complaining about dumb shit like we do now. It would just be uh, a different context.
1: I'm good. I, so, I'll deal with whatever happens. Honestly, yeah, then Knicks fans are kind of turn into Lakers fans and Lakers fans are really annoying.
0: Yeah, except, except, except Lakers fans are a perfect example.
1: Yeah, because they've it's had so much nature. success, and now they just think the world is owed to them every single year, yeah. and it's yeah. really annoying. It's, it's literally human nature. Yeah. Although
0: I will not say that when we're talking to Lakers fans.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, I would that's say that's Lakers them. fan.
0: Yeah, that's just Lakers fans.
1: I would say if I if it was gonna be like Fear Factor style for me, I would probably lay. I would probably have to lay in the big glass container or whatever, and like get covered in like snakes and spiders. And I I don't think I would do it either. I would just live with the the uh
0: how long do you have to stay in that container?
1: I don't know. I guess that would be up to the magical creature. Well, it doesn't but
0: sound just, that bad. Dude oh, would...
1: It doesn't sound bad to you. I would be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Oh well
0: right, that's true. Even
1: okay. if I was told beforehand that they're all devenomized and whatever, I'd still be like, Yeah. I would not be able to handle that. Uh, I'm not hey, good a fake you know. spiders guy. What's so. your
0: address again?
1: <laughs> what are you going to send <laughs> me a crate of unrelated? Yeah. Just curious. <laughs> no, we'll uh, we'll leave that. We'll play that a little <laughs> close to the vest. Okay,
0: good. Then <laughs> right. I will bring fake spiders to our next meetup, and you're going to forget <laughs> about this, and you're going to think I forgot about this, but I won't. <laughs> okay. This. Uh, <laughs> I, everyone can hear the the fake laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i'm yeah. not gonna do that because i can tell you're clearly actually terrified i apologize
1: yeah no i'm, I'm not sorry. i'm sorry i'm definitely not i won't do that something.
0: it was funny i can hear it in your in your laugh <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're like, oh, okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> no we're not doing any of that
2: you've got mail
1: um all right next question <laughs> i actually thought it was one more from jacks but i realized i miscategorized this question so that's all the questions for Jax365. Thank you, Jax. From,
0: uh 365
1: from, uh, from the UK, if I'm not mistaken. Um, this was another one from Ronnie from Hell's Kitchen, I accidentally. I wasn't paying attention when I was doing this earlier because you had just gotten on the call and I was still pasting questions over and I put it in the wrong spot. This is another one from the real Ronnie from Hell's Kitchen, not Doug. Uh, if you could choose anyone to join you on the pod for Mail.Bag, who would you choose? Please don't say Hitler. <laughs> Oh, oh, Ronnie, who's your guy here? Um, I don't know. Like specifically for this show, yeah. Are we supposed does that? I, to, I assume that we could just talk about anything. It would it would have to be someone that we could develop an instant rapport with. Like, because I think part of what makes this show fun is that we know each other and joke around with each other and stuff. Yeah, right. So I might. Uh, like I want to say someone like a Breen or something like that, but he'd be too straight laced. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and s- no, you know what? It would have to be like a good celebrity Knicks fan. Let you know what? I think Mero. I want Mero on the show. Is kid it Mero. Mero or Miro? I, I think Alex. it's I think it's Mero. You better get this right, bro. You never know if he's listening. I think he says the kid Mero when he introduces himself. Ooh,
0: I don't actually know. I in my head it was Miro so um
1: you know all right we'll, well see who's right whatever uh at that's any rate watch. that fella <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay Dude, that's
1: one worse. one half of Jesus and marrow slash miro. That's So much worse that fella <laughs> oh one half God. of Jesus and miro slash marrow however oh jesus christ um <laughs> But yeah, I think I think that would be who I pick, or or Desus, okay. one of those two. They're celebrity Knicks fans, but they're that's like true. And they're, they're pretty pirate. cool dudes. They're funny. I think I think the vibes would be good throughout the show, and we'd have yeah. That but they time. would upstage us because they're way funnier than we are. So that's okay. I'm I'm idiots. fine with admitting that I could be upstaged. It's fine. Ooh, ooh, way to turn that around.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Very nice.
1: Yeah. So, that. who's your pick? Do you have one?
0: Uh. If it's to talk basketball, I don't know. Honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but maybe Phil Jackson. I just want to know what goes on in this guy's fucking head. Although he probably, you know, the thing is, he would answer questions, honestly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he would he would be a fucking weirdo, too, I bet. Yeah,
0: exactly. He would be on, what's that shit called?
1: Like, P-O-D.
0: mescaline or something. Yeah, peyote, whatever the fuck. He would just be on some shit, like... Uh, I'm just going to go on this podcast. I don't give a fuck who these people are. He's not yeah. going to do any research. He's going to say whatever he
1: wants. So it would be great. Be on his vision quest during yeah. the episode. Yeah. 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 That would be pretty fun. I, I don't I don't fault that choice at all. I think that would be good. Yes.
2: You've got mail. All
1: right. Move to our next question. This one comes from Twitter. Uh, Ryan O'Sullivan at RyRy underscore O'Sullivan. Who's the best player we can add realistically to maximize RJ's growth? And what would you give up to get this player?
0: Interesting. That's a good question. What's your thought here? because realistically, is hard.
1: I uh, yeah, that's the realistically part. Like, let's just say the type of archetype that I th- and we've said this like eight jillion times on this show, but I think a Steph Curry type player, right. someone who that who has tons of shooting gravity, that could set RJ up for spot-up looks, but also can accept spot-up looks from RJ uh, when RJ's sort of running the show. What about Carl Anthony Towns? I don't love Cat's defense, so I guess offensively, I think Cat could help. Just on offense,
0: just on offense.
1: A Cat would be great for RJ on offense, but defensively, the team would fall apart, which would hurt morale, so... (laughs) Yeah, maybe.
0: They're not that bad this year.
1: Yeah, but Cat still isn't, like, a great defender, I don't think.
0: No, but, you know...
1: Maybe he's progressed a bit. Maybe like in, like, (laughs) and I mean, he would be somewhat realistic. I mean, maybe if we're going in that mold, maybe like an Embiid. Ooh, oh yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. well, the thing, the thing with Embiid would be, this is what I was trying to balance in my head. How do you balance guys who are good enough to deserve the ball in their hands that much? Yeah. Because you want to give RJ those reps as a, you want to see what he could do. You know, that's why my thought went to Towns because Towns, can be utilized as just a spot up shooter, and it's not like a waste of talent. Like he's elite at that. Uh, yeah. So you you want to give him post ups, but it's also totally fine to, to use him as a pick and pop partner for RJ. Right? Um, is it funny that Porzingis is one of the players?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I was sort care. of thinking like an idealized version of Porzingis would be yeah, great for him. It would be a good fit. Um, I'm trying to think well, who fuck else. Fuck him. So no. I mean. Jokic maybe, but like,
0: hello. do you but, see the, wait, one, two, three, but again, four,
1: not realistic.
0: Five, six, seven, eighth word in that sentence.
1: Yeah. Realistic. I know. Yes. Yeah. That's, but I mean, I let off with Curry. I'm just, I'm just throwing stuff That's at the true. wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, how did
0: I let that fly? What am I doing?
1: Um, Maybe in the vein of Curry, although I don't, I don't think that he's nearly as good without the ball, but like Lillard. Who I think might realistically become available in the next. Yeah, that six was months. one
0: of my thoughts, and also Beal would be good.
1: Yeah, Beal would definitely be really good for him. I just don't know if that's like, I I don't know, I like I don't know how much Beal would raise the ceiling of the team comparatively to yeah. like the best version I mean, of Randall. You know? Yeah,
0: I mean? I mean, well, well, it, I I guess if you frame it in the way of helping RJ improve as much as possible, forget the rest of the team. Then I think Beal's a good call. And the same – yeah, I think Willard also is like, yeah, fuck it. Let's see. I, I think another – this isn't realistic, but someone I think that really fits this and this archetype would be good, someone like Mike Conley. Yeah. Who could, yeah. Who could get who, – who's really good at like managing a team because that sort of – that gets rid of the element that we're talking about here where guys are so ball-dominant that it that it's sort of – I don't know about stunting, but sort of limits what RJ can do mm-hmm. just by taking the ball out of his hands. But certain guys are able to control that really well.
1: You know what? I think I've got my final answer here. Oh. It's Kevin Durant. He's gonna become available soon enough.
0: Oh <laughs> ah, that'll be good.
1: And then the Knicks can get him. He would he would yeah. be great for RJ. Yeah, I mean he
0: bid. is an MVP level player. So.
1: Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna go He's Kevin true. Durant. He'll be yeah. he'll be asking out of there by like midway through next year. So <laughs> Knicks can make their bid then.
0: Oh my god, can you fucking imagine?
1: <laughs> I can actually
2: imagine that.
0: Oh my
1: god!
2: And,
0: oh, I would never shut my fucking mouth. I already don't. Whatever, that's nothing new.
2: You've got mail.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. So our next question here comes from Deuter Adam uh, via Discord. What's a Nubian?
0: Uh, was, uh,
1: what? I don't know. So, uh, I'm thinking
0: like Egypt. That's what popped into my head.
1: So, I've, I have no idea why this is, like, relevant right now, but just Googled it. Uh, Nubians, an ethno-linguistic group. Nubians are an ethno-linguistic group of people who are indigenous to oh. the region, which is now northern Sudan and southern Egypt.
0: Yo! I'm a they, fucking man!
1: They originate from the early inhabitants of the central Nile Valley, believed to be one of the earliest cradles of civilization. So, I'm assuming that that's meaning, like, uh, ancient Egyptians. So...
0: Cool, dude, you fucking nailed that. Oh, look yeah, at,
1: look, at look at you. Me.
0: Yes, world history expert and That's basketball that. expert, and the funniest man on the planet, other than Alex Wolf, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm a humble man too. All right, you.
1: there you go. <laughs> All right, so. Thanks, Duter Adam. That was an interesting question. Uh, I hope the answer was sufficient for you.
0: Yeah. Is that my? Are you my history teacher? <laughs>
1: I hope not. If, if they didn't <laughs> Although know. I don't
0: have one anymore, to be yeah. clear. I'm 30 years old. Um, oh, it's never too late to
1: go to school, but it is. You no, know, I
0: have a job. All right. Sure. All
1: right. So, for those of you listening, these uh, these next questions aren't nearly as dirty as last week, but I want to still do Nick's mail.bag after dark. Hello. So we're going to get into the questions that you probably don't care about that are a little too inside baseball. But if you want to stick around, feel free. We're going to do them real quick right now.
2: You've got mail.
1: Uh, Our first question here comes from, again, the name changing is getting really (laughs) out of hand. This is James, right? Yes. The name changing is getting out of hand in our Discord server. Uh, Your daddy, also known as James Marcita. Haven't we all had enough of Doug by now? Yes. Yes, obviously. And arguably enough of James, too. Oh. um
2: you've got mail.
1: And then uh, James slash your daddy also says, don't you guys think Schwinn could do with a dose of humility every now and then? Also, yes. Probably. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If we're being completely honest. I don't think there's
0: any probably.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay, yes. yes. Definite yes. All right. Well, so
0: far is up his own ass at this point <laughs> that he can smell the food being... Uh, not the food. He can smell the shit being cooked up in his colon.
1: Oh, my God. All right. That I, was well, just I was graphic like, enough.
2: I, I pivoted at the last second.
1: That was just graphic enough. All right, yeah. Well, thanks for the great
2: contribution, James. <laughs> You've got mail. Uh, all
1: right. Zan Rosen is back with a couple of... Uh, uh, Questions for the after dark segment here. If you had to choose one member of the Discord Life Gang, L Y F E Gang, to keep around and everyone else was booted, who would it be and why? And uh, this is this includes James pre name change. James was going by Drug Life, which was a <laughs> a play on Hug Life. Someone who didn't ask us a question today, thanks, Hug Life. Yeah, um, and also
0: whose name is the complete opposite of his actual mannerisms.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's <laughs> Hug Life, and then. There's also UG life, and then Drew was going by Doug life. I was think there uh, a
0: tug life.
1: Like I don't, the I don't think there's a tug life, but uh, Vivek was going by um, uh, Thug life. Okay, um, classic. And then uh, yeah, we have not seen. We, we were saying before the show, and we were going over this question. We have not seen an UG life like UGG, like like Tom Brady, but I think that would be a pretty good one. Um, yeah, I live not the Ugg way. No one can do it. Do you have a pair of Uggs? No. Oh, I do. I have like the moccasin style ones. They're really comfy.
0: I can't justify spending that much money on anything that I, that's not leaving my house.
1: My my wife got them for me, and actually, I do wear them out oh. sometimes. Like just if I have to like run quick errands or something, and it's really cold out, I'll wear them, and just they're very comfy. Put on your shoes, bro. Huh? Why you put
0: on your shoes? They're,
1: they're slippers, right? No, like they're made to go outside in. Like they have like a real a real sole on them. So you could oh. you could go outside and stuff. That's Listen, like the magic of them.
0: I I got to be honest, this is not fair to you or anyone else who wears Uggs, but the only experience I have with Uggs is middle school girls.
2: Well, that's, that's like, it.
1: Yeah, that's like the old old school like Ugg boots, but they have a much bigger catalog than that. Like they have like the little slip-on, you know, shoes. Like Are you being
0: paid by them? Are you gunning for a
1: sponsorship right now? I I am. Don't ruin it. We've um, already, just, look at us. We've got Ticket oh. IQ and and DraftKings. I'm trying to get <laughs> UGG on board here.
0: We can work our way up to, to to the UGGs, baby. Look,
1: Tom Brady just retired. There's an opening here. Okay, Ooh, that's a great so, point. Yeah, so we got to step in while the while the going's good. Start so. kissing
0: your son, and we'll see. We'll see what we can
1: do. Yeah, I'll just start kissing children on the lips. Like a weirdo. <laughs>
0: Oh God! <laughs> Someone's gonna cut that from the pod. Someone, please cut that clip.
1: Oh, well, joke's on you, because I'm editing this and I'm leaving. True. it.
0: oh no, <laughs> oh no.
1: All right. Well, anyway, um, if we were gonna cut one of the life gang, obviously it's James. We're cutting James.
0: Yeah, just in general.
1: Bye, James. See you later, buddy.
0: Bye,
1: James or Drew. We're not gonna cut any of our any of our lovely Patreon people because they're awesome, but. No such luck for those Stricklandians.
0: Unless Hug Life threatens to kill me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. And I can maybe see that. He hasn't done
0: that yet. And shouts to him for that.
1: If Hug Life is is convinced that I'm an agent of the deep state and takes a hit out on me, then maybe. Maybe Hug Life instead. Gotta strike before they can strike you. Yeah, if
0: anyone was gonna do it, it's Hug Life, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) So all right, maybe Hug Life. But we're we're gonna go with James. We're gonna go with James andor Drew, or maybe just a package deal. We'll just say two for one. Yeah, James they, and Drew. Send them together because they'd hate that. Yeah, that would, and we'll banish them to an island together. Yeah, that'll like be Napoleon. so fun. Yeah. All right, yes.
2: You've got mail.
1: Uh, moving to our next question. Hey, speak of the devil, uh, oh. Drew Doug wants to know what past trauma did James have in childhood that made him into the online bully he is today?
0: Oh, I think this is an easy answer.
1: What do you think? Um, hmm, what past trauma did James have in childhood? Well, what um, do you
0: usually associate bullies with?
1: Being, being bullied. No, but but
0: why? Like like when you, when you see a guy in a Corvette revving his engine.
1: Oh, making up for a small peen. Speed.
0: Yes,
1: yeah. yes. There we go. All right. So James is making up for having a small peen. That's right. And okay.
0: well, it's a little sadder than that because you know I'm sure a fair amount of people have small peens and don't act out. Uh, but James, you know, uh, unfortunately, someone found out in the locker room. Uh, as will happen, and uh, he made fun of a lot, and he took it out on other people just like he was taking out on him.
1: All right. It's a little sad. That's James's Joker origin story. We just learned it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You've got mail. Uh,
1: And then we'll end off. This is another one from Jax365. There we go. This is the fifth finger on the hand, Uh, the fifth question from Jax. Uh, Which, Nick, do you think is a hypocrite like Dr. Jordan Peterson? I don't know what Jordan Peterson did now, but – Yeah, I don't know either. Is he back? I mean, he's a a shitty person, and he was the one that had the discussion recently with Joe Rogan about how black people aren't really black unless they're, like, super black or whatever. Like, a very stupid discussion. I lost brain cells. Okay. Uh, Joe Rogan was saying that, like, unless you're, like, literally from Africa and, like, the darkest color of black possible, that you can't be considered a black person, more or less. And that was essentially like him and Jordan Peterson going back and forth on that. It was really stupid.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, weird.
1: Yes. So I don't know if that's what's being referenced. That was the last time I saw his name come up. Wait, is,
0: is he a hypocrite because he said he's, Jordan Peterson said that he is black?
1: Well, basically, like he, he was sitting there and he's like, he's like, who's to even say what black is? Like, look, I'm pretty tan. First off, he's white as shit. But then he's like, I'm pretty tan. I could be considered black. Like, who's to say what black even is anymore?
0: Okay, that seems like a good guess as far as hypocritical.
1: Maybe. I don't know.
0: Actually, it's not really hypocritical. That's saying something and doing the opposite, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. I'm going to say the biggest hypocrite on the Knicks. And I mean, not to beat the dead horse a little further, but it's been Tibbs this year. Oh. Preaching culture, preaching accountability, and all this other stuff. And yet, half the players on the team are held to one standard and half are held to the other. Mm. That's right. Yeah. That's fair. That's pretty much it. I was going to say Short.
0: He's been playing better lately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Who else would be a hypocrite? Um... Uh,
0: Nerlens? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> People Ner- suck. That's it. Nerlens said he loves defense and loves being yeah, a freak exactly. Athlete. But yeah. then his knees said no. He's a hypocrite. When
0: we gave Nerlens $8 million, he said he was going to play defense. <laughs> what, what, what is this here? Yeah. When, when we gave Nerlens $8 million, he said he would catch the ball percent more and somehow 50 percent less <laughs> yeah he knocked the ball in our own but, basket
1: yeah like we
0: never got to talk about that I No mean, one really asked it's question like about it
1: yeah really it's like hypocrite like that's more just like being a liar i guess hypocrite i guess is like preaching one thing and doing another
0: well yeah in this case he's preaching it when he's trying to get that contract uh, in okay. my mind.
1: all right in my i mind. got you it's I got not you. fair
0: but i'm running with it
1: no i got it i got it i feel you all right well, I think that was good answers. Uh, I think we could probably wrap this episode up because we already went way longer than we said we were going to once again. A tale is old as time. A all as old as time. But we got to go watch Boba Fett, which we had a 15-minute discussion about in the middle of this show, um, to see if we can rank it ahead of Hawkeye or Peacemaker. Um, mm. Zach, do you have uh, anything you want to promote before we get off here? Fuck no. All right. <laughs> as usual. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't have anything to to do either, other than if you're listening to this right now, uh, if you made it all the way to the end, congrats. I probably should have said something about this earlier, uh. But we're doing uh, one of our first like live stream things today. We're gonna keep an eye out on the Strickland Twitter today. We're gonna be doing a a live stream leading up to the trade deadline. So check that out, Schwin oh, cool. and uh, and Jeff, aka Frank Barrett, on Twitter are gonna be uh. Hosting the whole thing and leading us up to the trade deadline. So, check that out. That's what I'll plug today. And uh, yeah, that's it. Till next time. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back in two weeks. The Knicks will maybe be a totally different team or maybe still be the same steaming pile of dog shit that we have in front of us today.
2: Probably
0: (laughs)
1: that. One way or the other, we'll be back in two (laughs) weeks. One way or the other. Maybe with Matt, maybe not. Maybe he'll continue ghosting us. So, We'll see what happens. But thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you all soon. Peace out.